Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 20 of The Fields Flyer. My name is James and joining me as per usual is Grant. How are you James? Uh, yes, this one here is going to be an interesting one. Well, kind of like when you think about the subject, it sounds pretty boring, but we'll try and liven it up a bit with a little bit of information about what happens on the ground when the engines aren't running. And it should be a fairly short episode. So we've talked in the last episode about the lifeblood of an aircraft, that being the hydraulic, electrical and pneumatic systems that drive the components in modern day aircraft. However, we're going to talk today predominantly about the auxiliary power unit, or APU for short, and some other ground support equipment which helps the aircraft while on the ground. So in the earlier days of flying, when aircraft were smaller, processors a lot more like a car in the sense that they'd just land somewhere and they'd just turn off the engines and then you get out and then put more people on and they'd start the engines and be off again. But obviously, as aircraft have grown and technology has advanced, well, it's not the case anymore. So did you want to just... Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Because as aircraft became bigger, it wasn't a simple case of doing this anymore. These aircraft, they started carrying more people, which means they were getting bigger. A bigger aircraft with more people in it got really hot quickly in summer and it was really cold in winter. They also had bigger engines, which also used a lot more power to start. It also meant you needed specialised loading equipment for all those bags and freight and large stairs to get up to the aircraft doors. And then obviously, airlines also started flying to a lot more places and they're going to a lot more remote destinations, especially in large countries where they didn't want to invest into ground infrastructure. So they had to have a method in which the aircraft could support itself whilst on the ground without any equipment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So most aircraft nowadays have what is known as an auxiliary power unit, and we shorten this to APU. And basically the APU, it's an energy producing device on a moving vehicle, which does not provide any form of propulsion. So not only aircraft have them, but naval ships have them. And some large land vehicles also have APUs as well. I think tanks might have them as well, but I'm not 100% sure there. Anyway, the APU, we can not only use it on the ground, it can serve as a backup um, in the air and we can use it as a bleed air source in the air and also as an electrical source. Take, for example, the 777, we can operate the APU right up to the ceiling limit of the aircraft, so it's maximum cruising altitude, and that's probably the case for most commercial aircraft today. However, on the uh, 777 with the APU, we can't get any bleed air out of it above 22,000 feet, but the electrical generator has no problems up to the maximum cruising altitude limit of the aircraft. So most aircraft have these APUs located in the tail but some aircraft have them in the wheel well or engine uh, nasal. The ATR, for example, which is a regional French-made turboprop, has them in one of their main engines, and they just leave the engine running, but lock the propeller so the propeller isn't spinning, but the engine becomes an APU. But because it doesn't have to spin a large propeller, it hardly uses any fuel, so it's quite a good idea when you think about that, and saves a lot of weight and plumbing of having a completely independent APU like what you do on most aircraft, including your one, the 777? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so early APUs, they were like small little petrol engines. And the first modern aircraft to employ the APU that we're familiar with today, like the gas turbine engine type APU, was the Boeing 727. And that was in 1963. 
The APUs subsequently fitted to Boeing aircraft and Airbus aircraft. They supply both electricity via a generator connected to the APU gearbox and bleed air as well for the air conditioning. Most Boeing aircraft that I've flown, they use the bleed air off the APU to start the main engines. We did, however, discuss in the previous podcast about the 787, their latest model aircraft, that does not use actually as much bleed air, and the APU has no bleed air off it. It just has two generators. They both supply power to electrical starter motors on the main engines and power an electrical air compressor for air conditioning in the cabin, as well as other electrically driven components. Like you said, that aircraft there, they've mainly focused on um, using generators and electricity. Yeah. So the APUs on most aircraft, as I said before, they're supplying electricity and pneumatic air whilst on the ground and also as a backup system when airborne. But we can also use the APU on takeoff. So, for example, for us on the 777 and all other Boeings are flowing, if it's really hot and you're doing heavyweight takeoff, for example, and we want the maximum amount of air going into the engine. So that means we don't want to take any bleed air off the engine for the air conditioning. If we didn't have a form of keeping the cabin cool during the takeoff, it would overheat. So what we do is we keep the APU running and we take air off that to run the air conditioning packs, which keeps the cabin cool. So we can use the maximum amount of air going into the engines to get the maximum amount of power for the takeoff. So that will keep you folk happy in the cabin and gives us maximum amount of power for takeoff. Just some facts about the uh, APU, the Space Shuttle. I know none of you are ever going to fly on it, Mm. but it had three of them, and these provided hydraulic power to move the Space Shuttle motors, which was called gimballing, which is how they sort of steered the Space Shuttle on launch. And then upon landing, the power of these hydraulics we use for the flight control services, putting the wheels down, brakes, and the steering. So it only needed one APU, but as with everything in aviation, redundancy is key. So they had three of them, because I guess you only get one chance in the space shuttle. But as I just mentioned, we're not actually going to be flying in a space shuttle, and most aircraft, if not all, only have one APU. So if the APU breaks on an aircraft, what do you use? There's electrical ground power units, and they turn up and they can plug those into the aircraft to supply electrical power. And that's the ground power unit, or GPU for short. It's basically a piston type of engine that drives a generator. Also, if it gets too hot in the cabin, we've also got a ground air conditioning vehicle, and that might turn up and we'll plug that straight into the air conditioning system to keep the aircraft cool. So if the APU is broken, there will be a few additional vehicles outside the aircraft. The more modern or recently built airports, they've uh, designed them to have ground power and air conditioning that's piped under the tarmac. And ground personnel can lift the cover, which exposes the power cables or the air conditioning pipes. And this saves on having those additional vehicles around the aircraft, which would otherwise simply add to congestion around the aircraft. The giveaway for an APU not working is when you pull onto stand, one of the engines will probably be left running for quite a while. And whilst that's running, a person is generally unraveling an electrical cable and trying to get up a ladder if they need to, to plug the cable into the side of the fuselage. And then the pilots will shut down the engine. If they shut down the engine before the ground power is connected, it might go a little bit dark in the cabin for a while. 
if the APU is not working on departure, then uh, we'll likely start one engine whilst we're on the departure gate, and then the aircraft will get pushed back, and we'll use that one engine to supply the electricity and air conditioning to the aircraft. Yeah, so that's a bit of information there about ground power and the air conditioning systems whilst on the ground and the engines aren't running. So apart from that, did you want to just discuss what a ground air starter unit is? Yeah, uh, most modern aircraft, they use high pressure air to start the engines. All the Boeing's offline, I think the Airbus does as well, Um, with the exception of the Boeing 787, which we've talked about, that's using electricity. But coming back to most of the airplanes flying around today, somewhere on the airport, there's a lonely but extremely noisy device called a ground air starter unit. Now, if the APU is unserviceable, what we'll do is we'll start one engine on the stand whilst connected to the ground power unit. But we need this ground air starter vehicle to pump high pressure air into the start bleed air system as well. And when they do this, they are really noisy and they scream at a very, very high pitch. You'll definitely hear them inside the cabin. What they're doing is they're supplying high pressure air to the um, engine start system. So what we do is we start one engine, we disconnect the noisy device and the electrical cables, and we get the pushback crew to push the aircraft back. And then we use the other running engine and we still bleed air off that to get the other engines started or engine started if you're on a twin or engines. And that engine that's running, it's um, quite capable of supplying air to start the other engines, electricity, air conditioning, everything. So, yeah. So that's what happens when an APU breaks down. But the engine starting, you've just mentioned that they, or most aircraft that you know of these days, use bleed air to start the engine. Why does it use air in the sense that? What happens in the gearbox, there's a, um, a wee disc, basically, that, that gets spun around. And so air comes racing out of whatever the supply source is, and it goes over this disc and it spins it around, and the gearbox is connected to the rotor system. So that's what spins it up. So that's all it is. It's just that's the method of starting. However, I think we're going to see future aircraft designs using the electrical starter, and that's kind of the same concept as starting your modern petrol or diesel engine in your car. But the interesting thing about the 787 is that the generator is also the starter. So you, you use it to start the engine, and then when the engine's running, it reverses the power and it's now generating electricity. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, it's a starter generator. So it's just basically a weight saving concept. It means there's less components in the engine. Yeah, that's right. Because on the likes of the 777, you know, we have a starter, and that obviously is a heavy bit of equipment. We've also got a generator, and you can see with the modern design where they're going with the 787, just having one item for starting and generating power saves weight and plumbing, et cetera, et cetera. So these are all obviously modern large aircraft, but small piston aircraft, especially in the early days, had someone swing the prop and some other weird ways that people have start engines. Have you ever done this from your engineering days yeah. when you were engineering? No, no when, I was a, when I was a flying instructor, when I was a lot younger, we did have a battery problem a couple of times on a little planes and I had to hand swing the propeller and it scared the hell out of me. It's, uh, it's not much fun standing in front of it because when it fires, it, it just looks scary because you're standing so close to it. And I have had to hand swing a prop a few times, not an enjoyable experience. But anyway, they had a machine to replace the brave souls who used to hand swing and it was called a huck starter. 
which it somehow mechanically engaged with the propeller. But propeller engines, they started to get really big. And there was another contraption invented called the Kaufman starter. And that used explosive cartridges to start the engines. It made a heck of a noise. I have seen a buddy start performed by a C-130 Hercules. And the Hercules is a four-engine military transport aircraft. It's a turboprop. So what happened is one of the C-130s, it backed up because they can back up with the engines, it backed up in front of the one that was broken, and it powered up its engines and the airflow off the running engines of the aircraft in front, that airflow went over the propellers of the other one, which started to spin, and they got faster and faster, and that's how they got their engines running. And I found a video of a buddy start, which I'll attach in the show notes. It's a bit dramatic, the music, but if you go to about three minutes 30 into the video, you can see them doing this buddy start. Well, we're pretty much, as you said, a short episode. Discuss the APU and the GPU. So in essence, the APU or auxiliary power unit not only means the aircraft can operate without external ground units, but it can also be used in the air as a backup power or air source. They can be pretty noisy, though, when they're on the ground, if I'm sure. Many of you have been to the airport and there's no aircraft moving and you can still hear a lot of noise and often it's the uh, APUs because they're often running when the aircraft is at the stand. But anyway, did you want to talk about what we're doing yeah. next episode? Yeah, yeah, just to finish up there, you're right. They are noisy, the APUs, and a lot of airports require them to be shut down. So we use ground electrics. The interesting thing about the APUs, though, they are getting quieter. And I noticed when I used to walk around on the 7576 at the back of it, it was very noisy. But the 777 APU is a heck of a lot quieter than the early Boeings I flew. Okay, so on to the next episode. We'll be discussing the autopilot and the instrumentation. So that will be an interesting one. Yes, that will be good because I'm sure a lot of people want to know what you pilots do after you've pressed a few buttons after takeoff. Just a few buttons after takeoff. That's all we do. Anyway, that was a good one from me. Have a good day and I'll see you in the next one. Yeah, from me, goodbye and look forward to talking to you in the next episode.